Welcome to The Nestro, the podcast that brings you insights into the crypto market, trading and investment experiences, and what we're looking forward to as we navigate the space together. Before we get started with the show, I want to thank our friends and sponsors over at PrimeXPT, where many of our listeners have already signed up to trade by visiting theburbnest.com slash PrimeXPT. Now, we're excited to reward you with a very special offer brought to you by our friends at Prime. Visit the announcement channel on our Discord to learn how you can receive a one-time trading bonus equal to 50% of your deposit amount. Exciting times indeed. PrimeXPT is the most powerful trading platform offering immediate access to over 30 assets. Users may trade cryptocurrencies, forex, commodities, stock indices, and much more, all from a single Bitcoin-settled account. PrimeXPT gives experienced traders up to 100x leverage to multiply their capital while also providing users with multiple order types, low trading fees, and ultra-high liquidity to equip them with a one-of-a-kind trading experience. Registration does not require any user information. So visit the link below and start trading on PrimeXPT in minutes. You'll be hearing much more about PrimeXPT here and why we're so excited about the products they already offer, including a one-of-a-kind BTC and Ethereum options trading platform called Turbo and an upcoming co-vesting product that will give traders and investors alike an entirely unique opportunity to multiply their capital. We're excited to congratulate the PrimeXPT team on a couple of project milestones, starting with the launch of direct crypto purchases with the use of credit and debit cards. To learn more about how to purchase crypto on the PrimeXPT platform using debit or credit cards, visit PrimeXPT today for a complete walkthrough. Also, we want to regard Prime for their progress integrating TradingView chart technology into their charting platform and their continued progress with the co-vesting module that will allow traders to mirror the activity of other traders. To find out more about the extensive progress of the co-vesting build-out, visit the PrimeXPT blog for the most up-to-date information. Now for the show. Today, we're excited to host a follow-up episode on the progress of the team over at TrendSpider. Jake Wojcik is back to host an impressive walkthrough of how the TrendSpider platform unburdens traders from some of the plotting day-to-day of chart analysis and uses powerful automation engines to illuminate technical analysis. Jake gives thorough examples of how he uses TrendSpider to capture the most value from the market and helps users learn how to best utilize the powerful charting platform to attain or enhance their own whale status. Jake was joined by a special co-host for this presentation, our very own Aperture, otherwise known as Dennis, who leverages his own experience in trading and code development to further explore under the hood of the TrendSpider work. TrendSpider is one of the most powerful and unsung charting platforms in the industry that we are all too excited to revisit on this episode of The Nest Show. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the ride. What The Nest Show is, this is a podcast brought to you by the Burb Nest community, an independent crypto and Forex-centered trading community built to sharpen each other in capturing opportunities in the markets while protecting capital along the way. What this is not, trading advice. We are not financial advisors, and you should not regard any information here or in the Nest Club as financial advice. You should always consult a licensed financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Hey guys, welcome to the Nest Show. Today we are joined by Jake from TrendSpider again. Last time he went through some cool features and now he's going to do some case studies for us. Hi Jake, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much for having me on again. I think the last time we talked, the market was in a slightly different uh, position than it is now. So a lot to catch up on, a lot of cool case studies to go over. And um, you know any questions that you have along the way, I'm happy to uh, answer. So I'm just going to jump right in. And generally, you know, this is the way I like to look at the market. We're going to do both the broad markets and crypto. But I wanted to start out with SPX just to kind of look at this longer term trend and see where we are. And I mean, at the end of the day, you can see since the 80s and really since pretty much the the start of the market, we don't really go down in the long term. And that's not because, you know, Davy Day traders telling us stocks don't go down. It's because of inflation. You know, the market is is a function of inflation. And, and so it's a way to try to beat inflation. So, um, you know, the point here is, is to kind of show that, you know, we have these V reversals quite often. You know, everyone's talking about the V reversal on SPY and then, you know, oh, there's another V reversal. And then if you go through this chart, there's so many damn V reversals 
you know, you can't count them all. Now, obviously, you do have your longer term breakdowns, which do, you know, can turn a V reversal into a continuation down. But, you know, we're in an environment where essentially interest rates are at zero. You have a ton of liquidity in the market and you don't have anywhere else to put it. And I think that's the most important thing about, you know, the market right now is, you know, there are still dividends that are yielding more than you're going to get in a fixed income vehicle or, you know, something that just pays like a CD, a certificate of deposit, like those things, you know, you're actually getting more actions still in the market by just uh, holding a stock and uh, accumulating its dividends. So, you know, that creates demand that some people don't really think about a lot of the time until we get to a point where, you know, the market is just so overextended or the financial um, system is just so kind of broken that you do have your your 2000s and then your 2008, 2009s. But, you know, for the time being, we're pretty much just kind of in this massive, massive broadening pattern on SPY uh, or excuse me, SPX, which would be the same as SPI, but uh, SPY. But you can see here that you've got this huge broadening kind of support. And then you can see um, pretty much the same thing on the upside. And so the, I guess the question is, where do we go from here? And I think that's a question not a lot of people can answer or anyone can really answer, um, maybe other than the Fed, if they keep pumping money in. But, you know, we are getting to the point where the monthly candle is about to close. I generally wouldn't really pull up a monthly chart unless we're a couple of days before, um, you know, the market is uh, at least this time period is done, the monthly and what is it? It's Thursday. So we have like three more trading days of uh, June. And uh, so it is interesting to kind of start looking to see what that monthly chart is looking like. Now, um, this this is kind of like uh, an indecision doji trying to figure out what the hell is going on here. But at the same time, you like I said, you have so much liquidity in the market and you have stocks that are breaking out. I mean, we pretty much have this massive shift in technology and everything that probably would have been invented in five or 10 years is all of a sudden invented within three months because of this uh, whole pandemic. So that's another thing. You've got money flowing into stocks still. I mean, people still see value. You know, you just have some stocks like your Boeings and your airline stocks that just aren't helping the market. So if those finally kick in at some point, that's just going to help the market continue up. So um, that is SPX. I wanted to kind of go over all of the different monthly candles just to kind of show where we're at. If we look at XBI, which is just your uh, biotech uh, ETF, you can see that we're actually breaking out here and hitting new all-time highs uh, and really breaking out of this uh, kind of zone that's been here for almost five years. So we haven't really gone anywhere in the last five years, and you can clearly see money is flowing into this. Obviously, with uh, with COVID, you've got um, money flowing into any biotech or kind of pharma research right now. And so, you know, I wouldn't necessarily look at this as bearish uh, in, on the on the markets because this is a very highly speculative industry. I mean, most biotechs don't have um, dividends or a way to make money just by holding the stock because they're mostly speculative. And so the fact that we do have, um, you know, this type of uh, ETF breaking out, that's kind of like, okay, it seems like risk is still on here. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's always important not to just look at the S and P or not just to look at the QQQ. If we do go to the QQQ chart and we look at the monthly, you know, we're really kind of breaking out. Um, I don't want to call this an ascending triangle because really it's only one point here that's previous resistance. But if you look at the past, whenever we've had this big of a move up, it generally kind of continues. Um, so for me, just looking at the Qs and then looking at SPY, is SPY and SPX lagging? Are they going to catch up here? We'll just have to see. But you know, those are the things you always want to look at rather than just looking at the daily or just looking at you know, whatever time frame you're looking at, you always have to use multiple time frames and then multiple different things to get an idea of what's going on. So, you know, this isn't really TrendSpider related. The TrendSpider is the overall platform I'm using, but I did want to give you guys a little bit of a background on just kind of the markets in general and in a couple different perspectives here. So as I mentioned, the queues are breaking out. 
IWM is having a little trouble here. This is another one that's kind of, um, you know, risk, uh, risk on. And you can see that we aren't necessarily getting the uh, buyers like we are in XBI. But one thing, a cool case study I wanted to show here is, and I think I may have showed this last time, but uh, the Anchored View app is something that was created by Brian Shannon, uh, founder of alphatrends.net. And he literally, you know, uses this at swing highs and swing lows. So for example, if I anchor the view app from this monthly uh, capitulation candle here in March of 2019, look at how perfectly the price has respected this equilibrium price. And what we're doing here is we're just simply saying, what is the volume weighted average price from this point in time? And why are we doing it from the bottom? Because that's when you have capitulation. That's when previous buyers turn into sellers and previous sellers turn into buyers. The, the overall status quo of the market changes and you want to be able to measure the equilibrium price when that status quo changes. So you can see here, you know, this has been a very strong level of support every time price is uh, really taken a big dive. And you can see here, we almost hit this area perfectly um, back in uh, March before kind of moving back up. So the question here is, you know, we're still in that broadening formation pretty much across the board. We've got our support. We've got our resistance here. Uh, and the, I think a lot of people are kind of wondering what is going to be hit next? Uh, is it going to be resistance? Is it going to be support? Um, and so, you know, until the price really breaks down through this level here or this level here, we're pretty much kind of in this, uh, this kind of uh, just status quo of the broadening formation. Now, the nice thing about this, let's say that you're not really an active trader or you're not really you know, a trader at all. Maybe you're an investor. You can still use this to, to uh, kind of watch your levels for you. So for example, let's say that I want to you know, simply only really be alerted if the price breaks down through this broadening support or it breaks through this broadening uh, resistance. And you'll see that you know, all I have to do is go in create an alert. Let's say that I only want to know if the price breaks through this line or touches it. I can then go in and create sensitivity. I think we talked about this last time, but this is really something I want to kind of go over because it allows you to not have to be at the screen all the time. I've noticed as a trader, the less that I'm trading and the less active I am, generally the better trader I am because I'm not letting impulse, I'm not letting a specific time frame dictate my trade. I'm just letting it go until either something breaks or something breaks out. In this case, if I was trading IWM, I can go in and I can say, all right, whenever the four-hour candle either touches this purple zone or breaks through this line, I'll be alerted. So I could go resistance above and I can choose 99 days have passed. And so you know, I have 99 days until I need to look at the the alert again. And so if the price breaks to the upside, I'll be alerted. If the price breaks to the downside, I do the same thing. I'll be alerted without necessarily having to look every single day at what the price action is doing. So in this case, it'd be support below. And, you know, same thing. I'd choose it for 99 days. So this allows you for the system to do all the work for you. So you don't have to go in and uh, and watch that every day, which generally will make you more impulsive, more emotional about your trades. And you know that's something that definitely um, can can mess up your strategy if if you're not allowing the trade to play out. You're just saying, "Oh, well, the day's over. I got to get out." Well, you know, what if what if it breaks tomorrow? And that's kind of where people like to trade options. And sometimes, if you get really aggressive on an option, you can even be right on the trade. But if you don't give yourself enough time, you pretty much just uh, you know blew the blew the trade. So um, this allows you to really just have more of a strategy that doesn't require you to constantly check everything. It allows you to really just set it and forget it. And that's really a lot of the time how swing and position traders make their money. They don't necessarily um, you know just uh, just are constantly looking at the charts. They look at the monthlies, they look at the weeklies, and then they will enter generally on the daily or the 65-minute candle. So um, that's an example on IWM. We're pretty much stuck in this area until one of these areas breaks. And now I don't really even have to look at this monthly chart until the 99 days have passed, or this is broken to the upside or the downside. 
So, you know, this is something that uh, kind of incorporates a few different features here. You've got the Anchor View app, you've got those sensitivity alerts. And then let's say that you also wanted to maybe add the anchored volume by price. That is something that is very unique to TrendSpider. Um, you know, the volume by price is not unique to, to the platform. It's pretty available anywhere. What's unique about TrendSpider is the ability to move your anchor point. So kind of the same thing with the Anchor View app. You generally want to anchor the volume profile from these, uh, these capitulation points. And look what happened here. You have this massive confluence of the Anchor View app, and you've got this huge, what I like to call a volume shelf, where you've got a ton of people holding here. And if the supply dries up and demand remains constant, you don't even really need any new buyers to push the price up. You just need sellers to stop selling. And so that's kind of what happens around these volume shelves is, you know, if you look here, these this big chunk of volume... In, in January 2020, it was up 42%. So when, when you have a 42% profit, it's a lot easier for you to sell because you have profit. But then look what happens. You've got this profit goes from 43% and all of a sudden you're back to break even within two months. And so what happens is those people who were taking profits and selling, adding to the supply on the market, they stop selling once they get back to break even that dries up the supply. And like I said, you don't need more buyers for the price to go up. You just need re more relative demand, i.e. demand remains constant, supply decreases, and then you've got your uh, supply and demand sh uh, curves shifting, which creates a higher equilibrium price. So um, that is a way you can really incorporate the anchored VWAP and the anchored volume by price. And you can really use this nicely. Notice how this did not act as a perfect area of support, but you had the anchored view app below that almost hit it on the uh, hit it to the penny. So now this is something that can be applied to any type of style. It's not just the monthly chart. You could go on the the five minute chart and find these as well. So if, well, let's do it. You know, you can go to the five minute, and let's say that we want to. You know, start the volume profile from the top here where we kind of topped out. You can see a majority of the shares on IWM are pretty much holding right in this zone. So, what happens is if the price breaks down through this shelf, everybody is going to be holding at a, at a loss. Unless people start panicking, Generally, if you're holding at a loss, you're not going to sell unless you have a reason to sell, whether that's you, you're being um, stopped out of a position because you're over leveraged and you get a margin call, whether that's just because you're like, well, screw this, I'm raising cash because I think the next year is going to be kind of sketchy because of the whole virus. There's all different motivations for selling. But generally, if you don't have a massive you know, liquidation type of uh, event, these areas will generally hold pretty well. However, this is not an end-all be-all. Just because you have a volume shelf here does not mean that price cannot drop below it. So, you know, this is something that's not just for swing traders or position traders. This is really um, essentially the entire, uh, the entire market in any time frame. I can even apply this to Bitcoin, right? So if we go to Bitcoin, what I've done here is same exact thing, right? I'm starting the volume by price. It says BBP start right here. This is our capitulation candle on March 12th. Um, and then I also anchored another VWAP from this breakout point here. And you'll see how well the price respects these areas. You're using the anchored VWAP and the anchored volume by price. You can see that you've got this volume shelf and this anchored VWAP literally creating a perfect uh, area of support today. Um, and you've got this kind of hammer forming into the uh, end of the day. So the fact that this has not really uh, kind of closed below the anchored view app that shows that buyers are definitely still in control and they're defending this equilibrium price here. Now, what happens if the price starts to break down and gets into this, what we call a volume gap? Well, I think I talked a little bit about this in the previous episode, but a volume gap is an area where you don't have a lot of participants. It's kind of like a price gap. If you gap down in price from $20 to 18, there's no one that participated between 20 and 18. It's kind of like a vacuum, if you will. So what happens is 
you'll see price action break down through these areas very quickly. Cool example of this is GE. It actually happened uh, over the last couple of days. You'll see here, if I anchor the volume by price from this point here, you'll see what happened. What happened? We literally fell right down to this volume shelf and finally caught a bid. So, you know, this, this is something that is incredibly powerful. And remember, we can move this. This is simply me anchoring the volume by price from the, the February 12th high. Well, maybe I want to actually do it from the actual capitulation point and notice something that you'll see really fascinating forms here. You can see we were able to drop really quickly the last couple of days because of that volume gap. There was nobody holding here. And so you're able to move very quickly through these kind of vacuums in price until you get to the next level of uh, you know, buyers that, that are breaking even. In this case, you, we had this perfect kind of inverse head and shoulders. But if I take that away, we've got this really strong bounce right at this next volume shelf below. So this is really a universal concept. It's not just for stocks. It's not just for um, you know, crypto or ETFs or whatever you're trading. It can really be applied to anything. Maybe not Forex because Forex is its own beast and you don't really... You can't really look at volume like you can in, in uh, crypto or stocks, that type of thing. But um, you know, if we go back to B BTC, you know, look here. Here's the anchored view app. We broke down through it, and then we pretty much just sliced right through that volume gap, catch a bid. So if Bitcoin did that same thing, this is kind of what it would look like, right? If we break down through this anchored view app here. We do not have a lot of uh, participants until this next view out from the capitulation point. And it could even drop harder than that if the price kind of caught a bid down here. Now, there's so much inflation going on in the market right now that I don't see that happening. And my opinion doesn't really matter. Um, but that that's just kind of based on how this looks. However, if we have a financial crisis and uh, we have what happened in... Um, in March, there's really nothing that's safe. Because when you have somebody that's getting a margin call, especially someone who's got billions of dollars, they don't care what price they're selling at. They're getting liquidated. So it's not like, hey, uh, don't sell anymore. Uh, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of done for the day. No. If they're getting a margin call, they're selling until they hit their maintenance margin again. And uh, that's what created this massive move down in Bitcoin. That's why you saw it in gold. Because Bitcoin and gold are kind of things that people hold as, as a, just a thing that you can hold that's liquid. Well, if you get a margin call and you don't have anything else that you can sell, Bitcoin, gold, silver, you're going to see a, a crash, even though those can be plays against the market going down. Once you are in margin call territory in the world, that's when you're not going to be able to kind of be safe anywhere. It's, uh, it's just a true liquidation event. And that's exactly what we saw here starting in February and then finally capitulating almost exactly a month later. Um, obviously, we know it was capitulation because look at how quickly the price was able to get right back to where we started at. And uh, being able to understand that whole kind of forced selling uh, phenomenon will allow you to understand sometimes why it's like, oh, well, the market's down. Bitcoin should be up. Well, if somebody's getting liquidated and there's no buyers below, Bitcoin is going to go down. That's just that's or any crypto. That's just how supply and demand works. So until the price breaks down through here, we don't really look like GE. But if the price did continue to break down and we got into this volume gap, that's where I could see price really breaking down quickly. Um, if we go to the monthly chart, I wanted to uh, show this. Uh, from the April 2017 capitulation or March 2017 capitulation point. Notice uh, the month of March, right? We've got this huge candle. We've got this massive liquidation event. And, you know, is it, is it a coincidence that we caught a bid right here? Absolutely not. I actually remember giving a demo and somebody asked me, hey, can you just anchor it from that, uh, that March capitulation point? And literally, we were right here at that time. And you could see the price really catching a bid. And notice, 
this volume gap. There were no, there was no participants here. And so you were able to move very quickly, both to the downside and back to the upside. Notice that the price finally closed right at this area, opened right at this area. And now we're kind of like stuck between these, this massive kind of block of volume. So, um, the anchored volume by price is something that is very proprietary. Um, most other platforms, you have to go in and either input the date that you want to start the volume profile, or you just don't have the option at all, and you actually have to start it wherever the history is. So in that case, I'd have to go over here and literally my first candle here. Well, what if I want to see what the price action was before that? You can't do that unless uh, you've got this visual anchor. So this is something that is definitely... Um, unique and incredibly powerful. And uh, definitely, if you guys do want to check out some of our uh, gifts that we create, kind of before and after gifts, check out our uh, TrendSpider account. We post them all the time. We try to post as many case studies as possible to show you guys how you can utilize the system, how it works, that type of thing. So if we go to, let's do Ethereum, and you'll see something very interesting here. Notice this massive, massive volume base that's forming. I'll put this on log here. So since this massive capitulation event that happened, and I still remember when this happened back in May of 2017, you can see a majority of the shares are holding right here. I mean, this is pretty much the break-even zone. And so if price really started to break out through this area, you know, that is going to show buyers are definitely in control. And then if we anchor this volume weighted average price from this December 2017 high, you'll see that we really need to break through this zone. And remember, when you're drawing lines on a, on a chart, you generally want to draw them thicker because price action is not going to respect an exact price, especially in something like crypto that has sometimes massive spreads and kind of these liquidity holes. Um, so I think if you're looking this, at this long term, this anchored view app, this uh, pretty much this equilibrium price since December 2017 is going to have to break to the upside. And until that, we're kind of within this status quo. If I anchor the volume weight average price from the November 16th low, notice that it almost acts as perfect resistance the last couple of times that we tried to break out. You can see that here just by these, uh, these circles. That's one and then two we test again, almost perfectly again, three. And this is something I want to point out with the sensitivity is you didn't necessarily have to be right on the money here. If you would have created an alert at this line and you just increased your sensitivity, you would have been able to cap, uh, capture this wick and you would have been able to do you know whatever you want, whether that's maybe if you're really long and it gets close to that, you were buying. Maybe you see that this Anchor View app was previous resistance and you sell your profit and go short. But the, the point is, is we did not actually hit that anchor view app. But with this sensitivity, we were able to capture that a lot easier. So that's something that uh, with, the, with the sensitivity alerts is something that's very powerful and allows you to have a little flexibility there rather than hitting, the, uh, hitting it right on the head. So um, this is definitely a strategy I was taught by Brian Shannon, as I mentioned before. And uh, it's, it's really just completely changed the way I visualize the market. Um, and, uh, and you can see here, especially with Ethereum, unless something really, really bad happens with crypto, you're going to have a ton of people holding at a loss, i.e. pretty much from 125 to 240. If the price starts breaking down through here, all of a sudden, all of these shares, this big base of shares is now holding at a loss. So something really bad with crypto would have to happen for all of these break-even holders to pretty much sell. So you know, probably the, the path of least resistance would be the fact that a majority of people are probably holding their shares at this break-even area. Once people are done selling, maybe once people realize inflation is going to start kicking in, that's when they'll start buying crypto. And maybe you'll see this breakout through this Anchor View app from the swing low and the swing high. Any questions on that before I kind of continue? Yeah, uh, I really enjoy this uh, 
volume weighted average price. Uh, I use moving averages a lot in trading. And the questions I get uh, from moving averages is what time frame to use. And I think the volume weighted average price solves that. Yeah. Uh, since it's uh, it, it, it takes like every candle into account, but weights it on volume. And uh, I'm wondering, since I also like to scalp on the lower time frames, um, do the same principles apply? Absolutely. Yep. So let's let's say that you know maybe you're trading the 15 minute chart. Um, the same principles can be applied. You just you're going to have different capitulations and swing high, swing lows. So for example, here this would be your swing high. This would be your swing low. And look at how perfectly the price is respecting this area. I mean, I, I haven't even looked at this chart, the 15 minute. It's, so it's not like I set this up. This is literally just a random 15 minute chart I pulled up on Ethereum. And you can see this is what's called uh, an anchored VWAP pinch. It allows you to kind of see the price getting really tight, kind of coiling within this area. And so what I like to do is I'll just, I don't need to guess which way it's going to go. I'll create an alert on this line to let me know when the price breaks down through this zone. And then I'll do the exact same thing with the other side. So I don't necessarily have to, you know, guess. I just, I will just play the break. Oops, pressing the wrong button there. So in this case, same thing when the price breaks through. I only want to know when the price breaks through this area. So I don't really need sensitivity because the price actually has to close through this line. Uh, and then the alerts created. So now you can just go in and who knows? If you see that the price breaking down here, you want to short it, great. If you want to go long at this area because it looks like prices respect this area, that's great too. Everybody's going to use this differently for whatever strategy they're implementing. But this is the type of kind of swing high, swing low approach that you can use. Let's throw the anchored volume by price here um, from this swing high. And you'll see that a majority of the shares are whole or shares. I'm calling them shares because I usually trade stock. The majority of the inventory, coins, whatever you want to call it in crypto, um, are holding in this general area. So, you know, this is a very solid break even zone. People are going to start being holding at an unrealized loss once the price starts really breaking down here. But until the price breaks through this uh, swing high and swing low anchored VWAP, the status quo is kind of the same. Um, and, and so it's up to you if you want to kind of play the game within these VWAPs or if you want to play the game where, you know, you're only trading when the price breaks through these VWAPs. Neither way is wrong. It's just a matter of preference and probably just how much time you have for trading. But, you know, those are those are definitely strategies that you can implement on a shorter term time frame as well uh, that, that's really cool to see and i think what's great about uh this vwap is that you're only using like two tools uh and we are replacing some other trading tools because you have a tightening range after which we can expect more volatility and uh, some people would use Bollinger Bands, some people would use ATR, but you're having such a clean chart right now because you only have two type of indicators on. Mm -hmm. And I know exactly how I would trade this, like catch the break of the range, mm -hmm. um, see where bigger volumes are and and take profit over there because that's where it might hit resistance or where uh, more sellers would come in and that's the zone of interest. Is, is that how you would trade this too? So for listeners, if they would use these tools, how can they eventually use these tools to uh, after they enter uh, to take profit? Yep. So that is going to be completely on what type of trader you are. As I mentioned, like for this particular chart, I wouldn't really ever be looking at this just because I don't trade the 15 minute, just because I've always been more of a swing trader. And that's the thing, right? Like if you go to a casino and I hate bringing up a casino and comparing it to the market, but it, it it's actually true. You don't go to a casino and, you know, play every single game in the casino, unless you're a gambler and you know all the odds, you go and play the game that you think you have an edge in, whether that's because of the statistics of the game, whether that's because you just know the game better. So for me, 
I've traded and position traded, swing traded kind of my whole life. So I personally stick to that type of trading because that's what I know. And someone who's never swing or position traded probably isn't going to implement a longer term strategy. But the thing about this strategy is it's completely fractal. So for me, you know, if I was looking at this setup, I generally would be going long anywhere within this general area. Why? Because one, if the price breaks down to this area, I know that I'm already getting a really good price relative to what everybody else is getting it for. Two, you always have to have some margin of error. So one thing that we're actually about to release this week is the ability to, uh, to essentially create percentage bands around the anchored VWAP. So rather than just one line, you're able to create, let's say, a 1% band offset to the top, a 1% offset to the bottom, because look what happens here. You've got these times where the price will break down, right? It's it's not perfect. There's never going to be a perfect line that's going to just be respected perfectly. You have people getting liquidated. You have people, you know, stopping out because they panic. And so it's not necessarily, you know, going to be your end-all be-all. It's going to be more or less a level of interest. And that's the way Brian uh, describes it as a level of interest because it's not support until it proves that it's support. And so that's what I think a lot of people, you know, make mistakes as well. It's like, oh man, well, this is definitely support. Well, it's not support until it's support. You know, it's, it's only support once it's proven to be an area that buyers come in and a bid is caught. So, you know, for me personally, I don't like just buy immediately here. I generally will be looking at, let's say, the daily chart in this type of format. So in this case, let's go to Tilray. Tilray is a great example of this right now. If we look at Tilray on the daily chart, you'll see um, something very similar to pretty much what we just did. You, you can apply this to any stock, any chart. I'm anchoring from the swing high. Notice there's a ton of volume here. We've got this kind of volume shelf forming. If I anchor the VWAP from the swing high and then anchor it from the swing low, you can see that the price action is literally respecting this almost to the T. And so until this breaks, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on it. And like I said, my opinion doesn't matter. I'm not an advisor or any of that stuff. But, you know, I'm just going by essentially rules. And so an experience based on those rules. So I've seen this plenty of times where, you know, they'll try to, uh, you know, break down here and really flush everybody out. You can essentially see it here. I mean, these are times where the price action did not respect the anchored view app perfectly, but you had to give yourself a little margin of error there. So each stock has its own personality. Some stocks aren't going to be able to, you know, have the shenanigans happening because there's just too much liquidity. And then there's other stocks that don't have enough liquidity that, you know, um, big players can really play games around these areas and stop people out with these wicks. So, um, you know, for me personally, that's how I would use this type of setup. Um, and then I really like to use that confluence of the anchored view app from the swing high and the swing low and look for these volume shelves that are forming. So um, this is definitely fractal. It can be used on other things, but that doesn't mean you can't use moving averages. I personally just don't like a lot on my chart because it, it becomes too many variables to analyze. You, want, you don't want to have 10 things on your chart because then you've got 10 different decisions you have to make. You know, If you just go by a plan where you have three things that need to happen, you're not, you know, thinking to yourself, oh, uh, you know, I got to look at the other nine things. You say, okay, this happened, this happened, that happened. I'm going in. And, um, you know, nothing wrong with having 10 things on your chart, but it becomes very distracting. But you always do want to remember that a lot of the time things become self-fulfilling prophecies, right? So the SMA 50, the EMA 50, these are things that people use on a daily basis and so you do want to be looking at those things that a majority of the trading population uses because what happens? It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy a lot of the time. Same thing with like the MACD. If enough people are trading a stock and looking at the MACD, then the MACD is likely going to move the market because that's what the buy signal is or that's what the sell signal is. So, you know, some stocks react very, very strongly to the MACD cross. Some don't at all. 
So the nice thing about TrendSpider is you don't need to, you know, guess and say, all right, well, how does this react to the MACD cross or the MACD cross to the downside? You just go to the strategy tester and you test it out. Weekly MACD fast crossed up through the weekly MACD slow. And what's the return after 15 days? We go in and test that. And without having to check anything, we can see um, that the mean trade return over three positions is negative 16%. So, you know, all the, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, uh, the MACD cross isn't as powerful as I thought. So you're able to, uh, and that's the weekly. So sorry, let's change that to the daily. We're probably going to get a slightly different um, reading here. Same thing though. It's actually negative. And so if you don't have the ability to back test, and let's say that you go to Apple, right? And you're like, well, I'm on Apple and I just saw the MACD uh, back test is actually a mean trade return of 0.78%. Well, that's Apple. You know, Apple and Tilray are two completely different personalities, two different types of uh, you know, liquidity markets. So you know, being able to quickly go and test out this strategy before implementing it allows you to go into the trade with a lot more information. You can actually see through the tabular data, wow. 57% of those positions were wins, 43% were losses, and then you go to the next one. Let's say, you know, whether that's AMD, you can go in and you can see, all right, well, AMD also has a positive mean trade return of 3%, and then I can see that the wins is 58%, the losses is 42 So the point here is, is the system allows you to test your strategies before implementing them. The worst thing you can do is go into a trade and assume that the MACD cross on Apple is the same thing as the MACD cross on Bitcoin. It's two completely different things. The MACD cross may work perfectly on Apple, but it may not work on Bitcoin because there's not enough participants playing the MACD. So it's all about understanding what is the market trading? You know, Is it becoming self-fulfilling off of a certain indicator? Is it the RSI? And, you know, that's what you really have to kind of research. But this is a really cool example on AMD, right? I, I essentially anchored the VWAP from this uh, capitulation point here. I can anchor it from the swing high. And look at how perfectly the price has respected this multiple times on these pullbacks. And we have it again today. So, you know, I don't want to push too hard on the anchored VWAP, but you have to use things that work. And this is one that I... You know, I've been trading for 16 years. I've used them all. I've used lower indicators. I've used oscillators. I've used, you know, whatever. And this is really the only thing that truly tells you what's going on because it's really taking into account economics. It's looking at supply. It's looking at demand. And it's taking into account the equilibrium price since a import, an important time in the chart, i.e. your swing highs. This is when all of a sudden you, you were a buyer, you're a buyer, you're a buyer. All of a sudden now you're a seller. That changes the status quo. And that's why we anchor from those capitulation highs and lows, whether that's capitulation of shorts, whether that's capitulation of longs, you can see how well the price does like to respect these zones. That's, that's really cool. Um, with all these tools, you can see that you come from a trader's perspective. There's lots of experience in to this and... Uh, I think I, I saw some small uh, 65 minutes window, like where where you picked um, the charts. And um, could you explain uh, a little bit more about that? Yes, absolutely. So the 65 minute candle is something when I first heard it, I was like, well, 65 is an, uh, an odd number and I've got a bad enough OCD where that's bothering me. But then I realized that if you're trading stocks, and, and this is something that I learned from Brian Shannon as well. He's been a huge mentor for me, taught me a ton of stuff about this side of the market. And um, you know what he said was, do the math. 390 minutes are in a trading day. Divide that by 60 minutes. You're going to get six and a half candles. So you're, you always are going to have a candle that isn't fully you know, the, full third, uh, the full 60 minutes. If you go to a 65-minute candle and divide that by 390, you get six even candles. So you're not having to look at the last candle on the 60-minute only being 30 minutes. So the, it's, it's really just a math thing and getting six even candles rather than using the 60-minute and having an uneven candle at the end of the day.
Cool. Thank you. You know, obviously the Anchored View app is something that is incredibly powerful, but there's other things in the market that are self-fulfilling, like the MACD, like the SMA 200. So, you know, some of those things are like trend lines or FIB levels. And so what we have on the platform is the ability to automate some of that. So for example, if I want to look at the chart completely clean, I at some point have to apply a little bias. Why? Because if I'm drawing the trend lines, I'm applying bias. Maybe I'm following a rule, right? Maybe I'm doing wick to wick, you know, here, maybe I'm drawing body to body here, but I'm still applying some type of bias because I'm drawing it. Now, what the the automation side of this allows you to do is allows you to have a secondary perspective and allows you to see, okay, I've got a blank chart without me having to look at any possible trend lines. Let's just turn on the trends feature here. And so you'll see these trend lines are automatically going to pop up. Now, there's a couple reasons why these trend lines are popping up. One, it's a function of the current preferences we're in. So we have analysis type, we have drawing input, and we have islands. So islands are gaps in price. You know, we are either respecting or not respecting that. So if, if we don't respect islands, that means that we're drawing lines through gaps. So that will change the analysis as well. The second part of this is the timestamp. So let's just keep the settings we have. But if you look here, we've got this vertical dotted line. And it actually tells us the last time the system looked at this data was on April 12th of 2020. So these trend lines are very old, right? We want to update the system and really take into account all of this. So you can see with this particular set of trend lines, these are the tre uh, trend line settings. These are the trend lines we're getting. Now, the cool thing about this is you can actually go to all or unfiltered, and you'll see these are all the lines that are being found by the system based on these particular preferences. So what the algorithm does on the back end, as you go from all to more lines to most relevant, it starts to filter those lines out. So if I go to all or unfiltered and I'm like, well, I really want to lock in that. I really want to lock in this. And then I go and turn trends off. I have two lines. So it's really there to be an idea generator rather than necessarily, hey, the system's going to do all your technical analysis for you. That should never be the case. Everyone still has to have discretion, whether it's in trading, whether it's in TA, but it's you can erase some of the inefficiencies within the process, i.e. applying bias to your charts because you want to see a, sp a specific thing. So what I'm able to do with this trend feature is I'm able to still have discretion. It's not like I can't have any bias, but I'm able to at least see all of the different possible trend lines other people are seeing too. So remember, trend lines can be a self-fulfilling prophecy just like um, moving averages or anything like that, especially very obvious trend lines. So the, the system really gives you the ability to, to lock in these lines um, and still have that discretion. Now, you'll see as I change this from original to enhanced, what I'm doing is I'm actually creating a closer base point. So notice how these are very broad trend lines. It's kind of catching the broader trend. When we go to enhanced, we're going to find some of these smaller trends. So we're able to capture this um, trend here that wasn't necessarily captured by the broader trend uh, filter, I guess, if you want to call it that. So this allows you to really still have that discretion, but allows you to remove some of that grunt work. And especially after 20 charts, if you're big into charts, that's going to get annoying after 20 charts to try to figure out your own trend lines. Um, so you can still figure out your own trend lines. You just have a little bit of an assistant, a little bit of a second perspective to help you kind of see those things quicker. In this case, maybe I don't want to use these trend lines. Someone else may look at this and see that this is a massive broadening formation and we're kind of in the middle of it. So you can see that even using the same trend features, I can create a bunch of different permutations from these trend lines. So, you know, if I wanted to anchor the VWAP, all of a sudden now I've got my resistance, I've got my support, and then I've got this anchored VWAP that's acting as kind of our middleman here.
So um, that is something that is really powerful in the system. It's not there to replace. It's there to complement. And you can also do this with fib levels, right? So if we go to auto fib, you'll see that we're catching this particular measured move here. If I change the trend settings to, uh, to original from enhanced, you'll see that we're actually now going to capture a bigger measured move here. And so the, the uh, automated fibs are a function of those trend line settings for now. Let's say that you didn't want to draw your fibs wick to wick. You wanted to draw the fibs body to body. It will actually change that as well. And you'll see that we're now connecting the bodies rather than the wicks. So it, it's a very powerful system, not just from a perspective of volume, not just a perspective of you know the, the sensitivity alerts that we went over. The ability to automate some of this grunt work is also incredibly powerful and allows you to remove some of that bias that you may have and not even know. Um, so that is the automation side of the platform. The last thing that I want to go into are the raindrops. Raindrops are something that are incredibly powerful. Let's go to Bitcoin. This was a really cool example back in the day when we were breaking out. Um, you could see uh, essentially the the raindrops were telling us, you know, that there was actually uh, buyers supporting price above this uh, ascending triangle that we had forming. So we had this ascending triangle. I generally like to draw this a little differently than others. I will draw wick to wick, right? And then I'll actually clone it and draw another one here. So rather than having to be right on the money, I'm creating a zone rather than just, uh, rather than just one line. So what we can see here is we broke out and you can see that there, the wick looks like sellers actually came in and this, obviously we had a pretty strong body here, but what's up with all these sellers? Well, if you turn on the raindrop, which is a volume-based candle, you'll be able to see something very interesting. You'll be able to see that even though we had this wick, you can actually see a lot of that supply being absorbed within the breakout. So in this case, let's uh, zoom in a little bit. We will go here, go here. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm simply just going to highlight that breakout candle, which is going to highlight it on both sides of the chart. And look what happens here, right? It looks like sellers came in. But then if you look at the raindrop, you'll see that there was a lot of volume actually absorbing supply within that wick. So the, big, the most common question I get is, well, how do you know that wasn't selling volume? Well, I know it. I know it was selling volume. How am I going to buy something if somebody's not going to sell it to me? What I want to know is where did those buyers step in to absorb that supply? And what I really wanted to know was was that supply absorbed above this resistance line, which it was. And you can see there was clearly conviction by the buyers, and we had our continuation up over the next couple of weeks. Same thing here. You saw a lot of volume supporting price here. And you could clearly see that buyers were still in control. And then we just continued up from there. In this case, if we drew this uh, kind of bullish pennant here, you'd be able to see that we had a very kind of textbook, uh, what I like to call a balloon breakout, because it kind of looks like a balloon, like letting go and kind of moving up. So what happens is you look for these balloon breakouts through these resistance zones, and it clearly shows that conviction by the buyers is there above this area. And then you generally have a nice continuation, at least for one or two days. It's not an end-all be-all. Just if you see a balloon outside of resistance, that does not mean that you're going to get a continuation. A great example of this is Facebook. Uh, over the last couple of days, we pretty much had this uh, breakout through this resistance zone, pretty much textbook. You had volume supporting price above and then a breakdown. So, you know, don't think that any of this is uh, just, you know, the answer to all your trading problems. This is a tool that's going to allow you to uh, spread your resources more than just your typical moving averages, your typical trend lines. It's there to innovate. It's there to make things more efficient. And it's also there to just give you a different perspective on the markets. And that's what these raindrops really do. And it's something that you really can't find anywhere else on the market right now. And that's, that's something that we really uh, are working on making completely proprietary. And uh, it's something that we think really gives us uh, an edge relative to some of the other platforms out there.
That's really cool. Um, I see a lot of people using these volume charts, and I think this is a, a unique approach to that. Uh, but also easier to read than all those different indicators with the volume. Yep, exactly. So. It's and it's not. It's it's uh, something that I personally like to use these raindrops on breakouts. Right. So here's another example. Back in uh, May, we had this previous resistance. We broke through it. We could see that there were buyers within the wick. Right. So if we, this is something I like to do a lot. Is just simply put the side by side comparison here of the raindrop versus the hollow candle, and you'll see. Same kind of thing we saw in Bitcoin, right? It looks kind of like sellers came in, which maybe they did, but we know that buyers were there to absorb that supply. So in this case, if I put a put this arrow here, you'll see within this wick, all of this volume, all of this selling volume was absorbed. If there were not buyers here, you wouldn't see a big chunk of volume because the buyers wouldn't be absorbing the volume here. You'd see it allocated somewhere else along the range. If there were no buyers until we got down here, you may see the uh, candle look something like this, where uh, you know, in order to catch a bid, the price has to drop, and then you see buyers coming in absorbing that. So it really allows you to see volume flow. It allows you to see okay, was there actually a buyer that was buying that dip or was that just uh, something like Amazon where this is another really good example where you can see within the wick something completely different. In this particular case, notice within the wick, there was no conviction by the buyers. There was nothing telling us that anybody was buying up here. And you can see that here just as well. So being able to visualize the volume within these wicks is definitely the strongest uh, thing you can use with raindrops, especially around these breakout and breakdown areas. Yeah, that, that's really cool because people are often wondering if it's a fake out or that they have to wait for confirmation, but the info is already there. You know, you by judging these raindrop charts, you can see... Um, what is happening and you don't have to wait for the confirmation candle next because maybe it's already running or like this you can see it's a, it's a fake out and it will drop back yep exactly so this is a really nice tool to use and spot those uh, fake outs or so, uh, like legit breakouts yeah uh and the one thing i want to mention is you know these these are something that allows you to also be more efficient, right? If you wanted to see where that volume was without raindrops, you would need to go to the five-minute chart or even the one-minute chart and look where those volume blocks were. Instead, it's all painted on the daily chart. It's all about being less at the screen and more enjoying life, right? Absolutely. Nobody wants to stare at a screen all day. Um, maybe you do, but I don't. Um, I, I have better things to do. So, uh, you know, it's just a way to make the whole process more efficient. This isn't just raindrops. It's the automation side of things. It's the anchored volume by price, anchored view app. And this, the whole, you know, whole list of features is what really makes us unique. Just being able to use all of these things in conjunction allows you to get a perspective like uh, you really, you know, won't find anywhere else. And so I really appreciate you guys having me on and allowing me to show um, everybody some of these different case studies. That's one of the big things at Trendspire we try to do. Nobody wants to just see a demo. They want to see how it works, how it can be applied to real trading. And hopefully I was able to do that for you guys today. Absolutely. You did a great job at that. And you have a beautiful product there that um, will surely we will hear from more in the future. Thank you, Jake. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank our listeners for joining this episode of The Nest Show. We invite you to connect with our guest on Twitter, where Trendspider is at Trendspider. Jake is at Trendspider underscore J. Dennis is at Ape underscore R-T-U-R-E. And I am at Benjamin T1717. Additionally, be sure to visit the Trendspider platform at theburbnest.com slash Trendspider for special savings on their services. Again, we want to thank our sponsors at Prime XBT for their support of the show and for their support of our listeners. Once again, after signing up to trade at theburbnest.com slash PrimeXBT, be sure to follow up on the announcement channel of our Discord and learn how to capitalize on their generous trading bonus offer that they've exclusively made available to our community. 
If you've appreciated the depth and breadth of what you've heard with us today, subscribe to our podcast and find our landing page at theburbnest.com. We have a vibrant Discord community which acts as our central hub of operations, and we welcome you to join us at theburbnest.com slash discord. We also offer an extensive free bulletin on emerging crypto market trends, exclusive undervalued gem reports, and in-depth expert technical and fundamental analysis at theburbnest.com slash bulletin. We always appreciate engagement from our community, which of course means liking the video and subscribing to our page, where we insist on bringing you the highest quality content available. Also, we're happy to incorporate tips and topics from our listeners and encourage you to email us at thenestshow at theburbnest.com. This podcast is brought to you by The Burb Nest. Thank you and trade on. 